I never thought about how until I was here. Having got here, it suits me in, in many ways. It is a little on the, on the edge of things. I think even its natives would say that. A cut price crowd, urban yet simple, dwelling where only salesmen and relations come. And across there, over the estuary of the Humber, is Yorkshire, and you can just see Hull, where Philip Larkin lives. It's a place of thunder, clouds, dark red brick Georgian streets where they survive, and steeples and domes. And beyond Hull was the North Sea. If anywhere's the end of England and the end of land, it's Hull and beyond Hull. Welcome to the podcast. It's a podcast about the culture of Hull, what we do and who we are. We're going to interview the people who are shaping the cultural landscape of this city and talk to individuals who can give us a unique insight into what defines us. Historians, artists, writers, musicians, performers, broadcasters, public servants. At the start of the 70s, in an angry, divided nation wrestling with its place in Europe, with stagnant wages, strikes, and with a corrupt president over in the United States, a group of drama graduates led by Mike Bradwell formed a theatre company and based themselves in Hull. By the end of the decade, Hull Truck had become one of the most exciting players in the business. 40 years on, and history's repeating itself, Middle Child Theatre's founder members got together and put on their first show called When You Cure Me at, of course, Hull Truck. The play's original production was directed by Bradwell himself and he was their inspiration to ignore the lure of London and forge their own path on their own terms. Six years on and their noisy, exhilarating shows have got the attention of critics, award juries, funding bodies, but most importantly new and young audiences who are looking for theatre experiences that are as exciting and informal as a gig. Now, please excuse me for a moment while uh, I just move into the present tense. Good Friday, 2018, about 7pm. Twenty-odd theatre folk gather at Darley's, middle child's base on the great Thornton estate. It's their lock-in event. Lots are drawn, And four groups are formed, each comprising a writer, director, musician and three actors. They are given a title, an opening line and a stage direction, a song and a word they must finish their show with. They're also given some simple rules and 24 hours to devise, write, rehearse and tech their play before it's performed to an audience. A technical team is on hand to provide light, sound and design support. And the clock is ticking. We all set to work. And throughout the night, in rare spare moments, I managed to capture bits of the event. Earwig some conversations and rehearsals and properly chat to some of the people involved. 
I really hope it gives you a sense of what it's like to experience something like this from the inside. Things are now rolling with Group 4 and we have a break and I find a few minutes to talk with artistic director Paul Smith. So we've basically locked, I think, 25 people in Dali's, which is our rehearsal space. Um, and we've given them some sort of crazy provocations, so some play titles and some dialogue and some songs they have to play and, and said, right, you've got a show in 24 hours. Yeah. What time are we on now? It's about... It's 23.05. Okay. So we've been going since about quarter to eight. So I, I'm in one of the groups and we've kind of done all the brainstorming stuff. We've taken the provocations. We've we thought of, from what I can gather, certain structures and directions and writers are starting to find little corners where, where they're starting to write. So that's, that's the point we're at at the moment. Where did you get the idea? Have you done it before? Is it a new thing? So uh, there's been 24-hour plays that have been done before um, and, and sort of have proved really popular. Um, but I think we just wanted to sort of try and do something just a little bit different with it. And, and what we've tried to do is try and make it a bit more of a making process rather than kind of putting all the pressure on the writers but try to you know make sure that everybody's involved in the creative side of things um, and, and at the very core of it we just wanted to bring together loads of really exciting people put them in a room and see what happens um, so we've got lots of musicians who uh, you know are used to making music but not used to making music for theatre um, so it's really great to see them in a completely different environment and just see how, how that kind of dynamic works um, and it just felt like the perfect way to launch this space because what we're looking to do is to turn it into a kind of theatre hub really where loads of creative stuff's happening and you know loads of people are trying new things out so this just felt like a cool way to do that without sort of having too much pressure on it because there's no way they should be any good because it's such a ridiculous thing we're asking to do so hopefully that sort of takes a bit of the pressure away and yet when, when you kind of put a, a sort of a time pressure and a tiredness pressure kind of magic things tend to happen in your experience of doing these before what sort of things happen in this kind of compressed process that wouldn't happen in over three and a half weeks I think it's just that tendency to just kind of make a choice and have to stick with it. Whereas, like, you know, the more time you have, sometimes you sort of talk yourself out of ideas or, I don't know, it feels like sometimes it's easy to make yourself less bold because of um, the fear of kind of, you know, keep thinking about stuff. But I don't know, with this, it's just nice to see people go with their instincts and then run out of time, so have to sort of see those instincts through. And honestly, I think lots of the 24-hour stuff that I've seen, you just get stuff that you wouldn't get otherwise, so... Um, it's such an exciting thing, especially for me, because I just get to basically be a voyeur and just wander around and <laughs> just sort of watch what people are doing. Um, and uh, having these really kind of crazy starting points means that, again, it pushes people to do things maybe they wouldn't usually do and mm. write the kind of play they wouldn't usually write, play the kind of role they wouldn't usually do. And, yeah, I, I think it just breeds creativity, really. Yeah. We're sat in the, the kind of corner of the main room. I'm looking over towards one of the groups who's rehearsing on the, the sort of performance space. It's like a little black box space. It's, it's, it's got a... Well, it's a little theatre, basically. But we're sat on a, a sofa and we're surrounded by not just books, but particular books. Um, tell us a little bit about the library you've started. Yeah, so um, part of this event is to launch our new theatre library, which is going to be open to any residents of Hull or any visitors to Hull. Um, and basically, it's a collection of world-class modern plays, uh, loads of classic plays, loads of theatre textbooks, loads of biographies, loads of books about music, um, which is basically a response to the fact that, you know, everyone should be able to read amazing plays for free whenever they want. And um, we just wanted to make sure that, that the most current and the most up-to-date bits of playwriting were available uh, in the city. So... Yeah, we've just kind of set this up and we've been lucky enough to uh, be working in association with Oberon who have given us literally every book they published last year. So Oberon, are, Oberon uh, they publish plays. Um, I think they publish Richard Bean's plays. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, they've dumped a load of plays on you. And are other other publishers going to get on board as well? Yeah, so Nick Hearn um, uh, got some in the post to us at the moment. So they're Tom's publishers, Tom Wells. Um, they've got some books on the way. And we've also had loads of donations from just people who live in the city have just, you know, bought in some books and, and just, just offered them out. Uh, so yeah, really excited to get it going. And just, you know, the, the dream is just having people come in, pick up a play and just give it a chance and just give it a read. And, you know, hopefully one day we can look back and say that that was formative for people who, you know, are going to be writing plays in, uh, far into the future. I was going to put my foot on the wall but then realised it's just newly painted. Yeah. So I'm not yeah. <laughs> also the fishing net, like, what are we going to do with them? I think it's fine, I'm going to, I'm going to... Just write them there, we'll figure it out. No, I'm, gonna, I'm using them as impetus for these fragmented scenes that we're doing oh, in, the, in the imaginary yeah, in the future. Well, your son's fucked up. <laughs> Did you see our title? Ours does take place in 2018, but it might but also be reality in the imaginary future Sorry. for a bit. Yeah, do what you want. The rules are just there and sort of... When I email Paul about the rules, I obviously got in such a stress that I also forgot that English is my first language. Because I constructed the questions like, blah, 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 is this meaning that? <laughs> Why do you use that yeah. tense? I got your email, but I didn't know that you were so worried about this. So I was like, oh, what Mo's like really thinking about this early. She's like really checking it out. <laughs> Um, I'm talking to Jamie Potter. It's about, what, it's about 20 past 11 or something? Yeah. Things are starting to kind of heat up, acting and writing-wise. I just thought I'd grab him for a quick moment just to ask him about what he's doing, what, what tonight's about, but just more about kind of what your role is with Middle Child. Uh, so I'm the communications manager with Middle Child. <clears throat> so broadly, I'm responsible for marketing the shows, getting press coverage, um, audience development, mm -hmm. so trying to get new audiences through the doors which is a big part of what Middle Child's about in particular, because we're all about creating theatre that brings people together for a good night out with big ideas, and particularly trying to think about how we make theatre part of a broader popular culture. So for it to be as appealing as going to a football game or going to a gig or even going to the cinema or anything, you know, those kinds of more mainstream, dare I say it, um, activities, especially in a city like Hull, which is, well, until recently, a, a quite good football team but two top flight rugby league teams it's a big rugby league city a really vibrant local music scene so people in Hull love to go and do things like that theatre maybe doesn't quite register on the same sort of level so we're, we're trying to make theatre uh, put, put it on a par with those other activities Tell us a little bit about what you've been doing recently with Dali's and what Dali's is Yeah um, so Dali's is a um, former pub that is on the Thornton Estate, which is right in the city centre, actually. You kind of often drive past it without even realising. Um, and last year, part of City of Culture, they did the extraordinary I Wish to Communicate With You project where they've put um, coloured gels in people's lights and tower blocks, um, re reminiscent of the kind of old sailors' houses when painted them different colours. So it's kind of put a bit of a spotlight on the, on the estate. And we've been in this building for pretty much the entirety of our 
six years. Um, so we, we started off by having um, a room upstairs as a rehearsal space, which we were meant to have for two weeks, generously given by Goodwin Development Trust, and we never moved out. <laughs> and we shared it with a, a community radio station and a youth club downstairs. So the youth club, they've recently moved out. The radio station are about to move out and we're taking over the entire building. So our plans for the building, and this is where locking comes into it, is that we're, uh, we want to make it a kind of performance hub on the estate where people, uh, other theatre companies, other theatre makers can come and use the space, um, whether that's to work from here just as an office space or to use one of the rehearsal spaces and also put on small performances, um, particularly for people of the estate. And we're really keen to draw in local residents from the neighbouring streets mm. and get them involved in uh, in the arts and creative industries. This it, is especially one of the most deprived wars in the city. Right. Um, so opportunities are kind of few and far between. So um, we've taken ideas from people on the estate. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll be invited to come and see the performance and it's just about starting to um, reach out to those, those people who have been our neighbours for so long. There's a smell of, of fresh paint. Um, all your greatest hits, the posters of all, you, all the shows that you've done in the last six, seven years. It's got a real sense of kind of history, even though you're still a young company, but you've come so far in such a short space of time. But this feels like this feels like a big leap, doesn't it? And bringing all these people together, we all know each other kind of socially, we've all seen each other's work and admired it. But it feels like a really special night that we're all kind of working together in this sort of slightly surreal, yeah, yeah. you know, twenty four hours overnight. You know, it's... now that we have this building. We have so much more space. We've also created a theatre library there. We have two rehearsal spaces, one of which also doubles as a performance space. So in terms of what is possible, and this has all been made possible by Arts Council National Portfolio status, mm-hmm. uh, we can do so much more. So we can do you know, workshops and outreach work uh, among our neighbours rather than just create a piece of work and try and you know encourage those people to come along so yeah having a having a building now it, it expands what we can do yeah um yeah what is possible now is, is so much bigger than what was possible last year mm. do you feel like an extra pressure like you've got this npo portfolio funding which is what a lot of big theaters a lot of big recognizable mm. national names you, you you sort of joined you've got promotion to that league really haven't you yeah there's definitely a pressure that comes with it but it's an enjoyable pressure and it's kind of pressure that means that we can um, it keeps us on our toes in terms of kind of the work we're doing, our output and the quality and what we're trying to achieve. Um, so yeah, we're, we, we have core funding for the next four years, which as I say is an extremely privileged position. Mm. And we want to make sure that we do the best that we can mm-hmm. with that money and resource and the status that it brings us. One brilliant thing Middle Child have done is appoint interns to create a programme for Lockin, make a little mini documentary about it, and contribute to developing the shows themselves. Tell me who you are and what you what you're doing tonight. Um, I'm Alfie, and I'm here to do like photography and videos. Yeah. So just like a quick two minute film, I guess, for the beginning of the Lockin. Yeah. So just like how the 24 hours have gone. Okay, so quarter to 12. Yes. You look like you're editing some of the shots you've taken so far. So would you tell a story, like a sort of photo essay? Yeah, yeah. So just like the progression from absolute mayhem in the beginning to <laughs> hopefully a put, well put together presentation. Have you noticed, in terms of the way people are working, do you think people, are they getting stressed yet? I can report back from our group, we're sort of, we're just at a point now where we're just mm. starting to write the play. Yes. 
And so that's that's the phase where we've done a bit of research, a bit of kind of brainstorming. Yeah, there's one, I don't know anyone's names because I'm terrible at that, but there's this one group, this group here. Yeah. Um, they're very, very organised. Like when I went up earlier, they were just doing some improps. Yeah, and they've already got the their play up on its feet. Yeah. Um, which intimidates me a little bit because we've only started scripting, so I, I guess there's always that thing of the grass is always greener, you know, it's like, oh, are they further ahead than us? Are we going to be sort of, you know, pushed for time near the end of it? Just listening into other groups, you know, they've got like a schedule of what's going on. Yeah. So some people are staying, you know, from like 12 o'clock to 4 a.m., then doing a switchover from like 4 a.m. Yeah. to 8 p.m. A.m., sorry. Yeah. So how, how are you working your night? Uh, well, I'm just an intern, so we go home at 12. You go at 12? Yeah, then we come back at 10 a.m. Okay. And then just carry on from there. Brilliant. We can hear we can hear Andy Ross uh, rehearsing his bit. Yeah, it's very very noisy out there. Yeah, I'm just going to move the mic over to Liam. Yep. I'm basically uh, shadowing one of the writers, Tom Wells, but I'm also doing the blurb for one of the players that I've been from the group that I've been working with. Okay, so your content will end up being part of the play. Yeah, I've had a bit of input with regards to. Um, obviously the plot of the player and then I'm writing the blurb which will be in the printed programme tomorrow. Ah, right, okay. Is it how you imagined it would be? Uh, somewhat, <laughs> yeah, somewhat. Um, I think when it comes to like writing and stuff like this, you can't really predict how it's going to be. It's always going to be different to how you imagine it, I'd yeah. say, but in, in a good way. Friday night turns to Saturday morning, and things get a bit quieter. Actors slink off for a few hours' kip, and the four writers find a corner and begin to haul a play from the depths of their imaginations. So James, we've, um, we've just been to your house. Yep. And we had a bit of kip. How much, how much did you get? About four hours? Yeah, about four hours, yeah. And do you feel better for it or just a bit? Uh, no, I do feel better for it. I thought I might wake up more tired than I was when I went to bed. But um, I'm glad we've snuck in four hours. Yeah. It feels like we've cheated a little bit, but I like it. So is this whole exercise really about sleep strategy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. It's, it's middle child's way of making us better sleepers, more yeah. efficient sleepers, yeah. They say that Margaret Thatcher ran the country for 11 years on four hours sleep a night. Yeah, well, she, yeah, maybe she wasn't pure evil. Maybe it was, she was um, sleep deprived. She needed a kip. Yeah, that's all she needed. She'd she had a kip, like the Snickers adverts. If she'd had a kip, she'd have been less grouchy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and might have, might have not broken down all those communities. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, God forbid what we're going to make later on today then, on just so, four hours. So far we've kind of got, we've got the first scene and we've yep. got a good shape for that. Yep. And Maureen's written quite a rich textual piece. It's really lovely, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Oh yeah, it's gorgeous. So we're just heading back now to Dali's to see what she's kind of come up with for the rest of it. Yeah. And Bax is, he went away and sort of hopefully composed some music. So we're going to basically get there and hopefully pull things together and see the kind of full shape of it. Um, so yeah. 
Let's see how this goes. Yeah, a little bit. How did you sleep? I guess not. I literally was just saying, I'm so awake, I'm so ready. And then I just said, yeah, the script's being printed. Nice. Oh, really? Sorry, I'm... Yeah, 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 it's just my break. I'm having a breather between Giselle and Chantel. Sorry, oh, yeah. No, I don't, I don't really. Actually, I'm just I'm just here because I uh, design underwear. I'm searching for the perfect ratio of diamonds to G-string. Market research. Right. No, no, mean truth. I just really enjoy the mindless grind of two women wrapped around a pole, slowly killing their souls. This fucking weird girl. I freaked him out. I think I love her. Do you fancy a sig? A sig? Yeah. Yeah, sure, I'm gasping. We go out. He vapes. Course. There's more chit chat, there's more, you know, drinking and smoking, and facts about the ever approaching end of the world. Slow talking and breath, creeping around each other's necks, and kissing and. and then. Then I fuck him! I fuck her. She fucks me. Discreetly, on the back of the sofa where the light is extra dim and I can't see too many stains on the cushion. So it's about 12, um, I'm just walking to Costa just to have my first hit of caffeine. I've, uh, I've left it at 16 hours before I've gone for the caffeine. And I'm thinking maybe should I just kind of fight through and just have coffee just absolutely when I need it. But I just, I don't know. So I'm going to go for coffee now. We've run through the whole play. Maureen's gone home to have a well-earned sleep for a bit. And we've just kind of like you know, blocked out the, the scenes really and uh, I just got on with it. There's, there's no time to sort of hang around and think too much about it. So I've a bit of a break now and um, there's lights been fitted and just people just, <laughs> just doing all sorts of stuff while the world of Hull goes on around us. Yeah, so that's where we are right now. Eight hours to go. of the end of the world right. and like how we deal with that in the present maybe is that what it's about yeah it's about being scared of sleep and facing the future right. so what was the title that you were given then stopping sleep better right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how prepared do you feel <laughs> hugely underprepared but well, that, in the best right. possible way. Yeah, I, I feel alright. We're right prepared about it. to be underprepared. Right. Though. Yeah. Have you ever done anything like this before? Yes. <laughs> um, uh, me and Sarah did a twenty-four hour play event. It was a bit different to this uh, last year at Old Rock. Right. Um, but we didn't have the best time. We reacted quite badly to the process last time, right. so I feel lessons have been learned, and this time we've uh, reacted marginally better. 
yeah. I think I think the, <laughs> the point of, of these things are putting together like uh, chucking a load of artists in a room together and just seeing what comes out of that and I think that the pieces you know will be of quality because the writers and the directors that they they have are really really great but I think it's such a supportive environment of if there is somebody on stage with a script or, you know, we expect those things to happen because it's 24 hours, yeah. you know, it's literally 24 hours. So um, I'm really excited to see everybody's work tonight. I also think it's always about the process rather than the end product. Mm. So like the plays could be all terrible and that would, that's <laughs> not a waste because the process is all about um, working with new people, like for directors, like working under pressure and getting teams of people who don't want to do anything apart from go to bed to work. <laughs> Actors working quickly and creatively with other um, creatives and stuff. I, yeah, I always think it's about the 24 hours before the performance yeah. hour that actually matters. We've um, been very lucky because we've uh, got backs from Bud Sugar. So he's been working on some really cool tracks that kind of match the script and he's been playing around with some ideas as well in his studio. So that's really cool. Now, we haven't actually seen Bax since he went off to his studio to work on the music for our piece uh, during the night. He did send a Dropbox of some of the tracks he'd made, but we aren't sure if he'll be back to play them in the show itself. But just then. Hey! Hey! Max! Our musicians arrived. Musicians. <laughs> Guess hey, who's Bax? Bax right, again. Good man, we're okay. loving the tracks. Good. We're having an interview right now. Yeah, okay, continue. <laughs> Four hours to go, and each group now has about 40 minutes to tech and dress rehearse their show with lights, sound, costume and props. Now this is usually the point where the wheels absolutely just come off the show, even after weeks and weeks of rehearsal time, never mind just 20 hours. But there isn't time to worry about wheels. You get out and run if you have to.
That's it. Time's up. We go with whatever we've got. The audience is here. Hi, everybody. It's Ryan. Uh, would you mind all taking your seats? Slash, sort of standing if you're Okay, fine. Um, we'll crack on. Um, hello, everybody. Hi. Thanks uh, so much for coming. Um, I'll just do a bit of a disclaimer before we sort of get on with the real stuff. Um, we're all in a really weird headspace. So all of the people that you see still at the back of the room have been up, and some of the ones sat on the second row, have been up for 24 plus hours. Um, Making it, yeah, and and been locked in this building, not literally, but pretty close to literal. Um, and basically, what they uh, have been doing is making some theatre for you to watch this evening in our uh, amazing new little pop-up space uh, on the Thornton Estate. Um, <laughs> so um, the dis the disclaimer basically is whatever happens here. <laughs> It's, it's our little secret because um, <laughs> we're all in just such a weird headspace and I, I, I haven't been part of this bit but I've been up sort of watching them which feels even weirder so just bear with us um, but, but you know um, I've written all the words that I want to say down because my, I'm too tired to trust what might come out unless it's written down so apologies for reading and so first of all uh, so so excited to be standing here on this stage in this building on this estate because um, this didn't look like this I don't know an hour ago, let alone six weeks ago, six months ago, a couple of years ago. Um, so we're opening the doors tonight to Dali's, which has undergone a huge transformation uh, as we build a theatre hub uh, proudly placed on the Thornton Estate. Um, and the, the dream for this is that we want this place to be used by the entire city, uh, from existing theatre lovers to people who don't currently feel welcome to be here in this room tonight. It's going to be a place to be associated with taking risks and making new connections. A place where people take care of each other, challenge each other, and learn from each other. Where we make theatre, music, art. Where we challenge damaging behaviour and do things differently. And it's where we start changing the world. Before you see the results of the social experiment we're calling the lock-in, I'm absolutely buzzing to be able to finally tell you about the plans we have for artist development in the city. Our programme... <laughs> there we go. Yeah. All right. yeah. Thanks, team. Uh, so, um, our, our artist development programme is called Louder Than Words, and there's a bit of fancy branding and uh, logo stuff we've had done there. Um, and basically, uh, it's called Louder Than Words because it's all about that, it's all about action, uh, it's all about ensuring that people don't need to leave the city in order to reach their potential. Uh, it's about interrogating the world and the arts and interrogating the city. Uh, it's about coming together to be the best that we can be and taking this special thing that happened in the city last year and proving that there's much, much, much more to come. Uh, Louder Than Words places artists we're excited about developing at the centre of our own productions. This means that when working with middle child artists at all stages of their careers, we'll be giving opportunities to develop while actually making work instead of undertaking hypothetical situations. Much of the programme is diversity-led, working towards a better representation in the stories being told in whole, the artists who are telling them, and the effect that has on audiences in the city. This includes a special commitment to the residents right here on the Fortin Estate, one of the most deprived wards in Hull, and our home since 2012, and we absolutely love it, we not want to be anywhere else. Okay, so the New Critics Programme is at the heart of our efforts to encourage critical discourse in Hull. Each year we're going to develop two local critics, uh, with support from the best theatre writers in the country, including Lynn Gardner from The Guardian, Natasha Tripney from The Stage, and Alice Savile from Exit Magazine. Working with a number of regional theatres and companies, including Hull Truck, West Yorkshire Playhouse, The New Diorama, and Payne's Plough, 
We're going to arrange tickets and travel to attend performances. Each new critic will then uh, have their responses edited by professional um, critics, and uh, they'll also have their, uh, what they write published in a number of magazines. We're also really, really interested in developing new and alternative forms of theatre criticism, not, not just the written word, but also uh, things such as vlogging, podcasting, and just sort of trying to change the rules around how theatre is discussed. We're also starting the Middle Child Writers Group in association with the Royal Court. Uh, so the Middle Child, that's a long title, so that is um, an introduction to playwriting led by Tom Wells. Um, basically, you don't need to have written before, you just need to have a few good stories to tell. Funny stories, sad stories, tough stories, tender stories, stories that we want to see on whole stages. Um, we're going to be also, in <laughs> the most exciting news of the evening, we've got a little ribbon that we're going to be cutting later to open the library officially, so Lucy's going to be helping us with that. So, well, I've literally never been involved with anything like a ribbon cutting, so I'm absolutely buzzing about it. Um, Hole. Put simply, we couldn't and wouldn't exist without Hole. This place is special, the people in it are special, and the people in this room are proof that last year was just the beginning of the rest of the world finding out just how special Hull is. We're proud to be living and working here and to be able to give something back to other people doing the same. Joe Littlewood once said that good theatre draws the energies out of the place where it is and gives it back as joy of living. I'm going to ensure that Middle Child live with that mantra in mind. Thanks to the writers, directors, musicians, actors and technicians who agreed to do this crazy and ridiculous thing. Approaching an impossible task with passion, positivity and good humour. At 7pm last night we gave them a random list of starting points and things they had to include and somehow they've made it all fit together. Uh, so we basically threw chaos theory at them and just said see you in 24 hours. So what they've done is, is, is amazing. I really, really hope you enjoy it. Um, yeah, thanks for coming. Enjoy the madness. Occasionally, you get the undeniable feeling that you are present at the start of something terrific. Listening to Paul lay out Middle Child's vision felt like one of those times. Maybe it was the lack of sleep or, but you know, standing there, surrounded by so many people, friends, who possess such talent and the will to put it to good use, made me feel, well, there was a slight tightening in my throat, if I'm honest. There's an uneasing hole at the moment about losing the 2017 momentum. Things have got a bit quiet, haven't they? And maybe it'll all just settle back down to how it was. And it will, of course, unless we crack on and make stuff. But things are happening. People are planning, writing, painting, playing, organising, performing. And we know from last year that there are people who will turn up to watch and listen to things that are made. Walks have been walked. Money put where mouths are. And what about the shows? Well, they were surreal, fun, disturbing, bonkers, and it was an absolute pleasure to do it with these people. We had cunnilingual lizards, fast food costumes, candles in skulls. It, well, you just had to be there. And I'm really glad I was. And I'll leave you with one of my favourite bits. Sleep well. Maybe some of you are desperately searching for some kind of sense of significance. Maybe you've already given up. If so, 
ransomware. We're gonna get you going. <laughs> <laughs> People are gonna see what we do. Hey, I love Victoria Bay. Hey, I love Victoria Bay. To do what I do, homicide police is not an emergency. I only wanted to combine with some urgency. I get the numbers off this menu, of course. It's so strange. Next number is an airport. I'm the first to get a passport. Maybe one day we will jet away. And when we land, to be Victoria Bay. Oh, it has me with the water. I hope you're wet across the border Oh, 800, you're making me sweat Victoria Bay, are you nearly there yet? Hey, I love Victoria Bay Hey, I love Victoria Bay Gonna get the menu just to get to you Useful numbers, I'm gonna see what I do When I say hey, you say hey, hey. 